Just such a just such a radio host, yeah, just so terrible. Well, you're talented at all this Thank stuff, you. and it's just funny to watch you turn it on. I got I was crying five minutes ago. I was weeping into yeah. Seth's beard. We um, were commiserating <laughs> about COVID and trying to adapt as a people. Can't <laughs> bo- see anyone bo- or bo- touch bo- anyone. Drinks. We'll, we'll get boat drinks one of these days. <laughs> no, literally, it's scary. I mean, we were talking I'm about so concerned about the like fingerprint spectrum. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, we were talking about how people are with COVID too, how funny it is because it's like, you don't want to tell people if you've even been around people, you're like, oh no, no, no. I've been around like one person. And they say like to do like, if someone says they slept with one person times that by three. Yeah. And so that's how we're taking the COVID situation. If you say you've been around one person, assume it's been three people or so on and so forth. Totally. This is, this (laughs) is like one of us is working at a gas station and the other one is questionable. I love Seth. So Fill Seth, up on Club Six, please. I literally have my gas station outfit on. It's like I'm like, well, what should I wear for this? Mm, gas station, uh, gas station chic. Like, how did this? How did this go? That, that, I don't know. That Dukes of Hazard maintenance crew. And I bought it, and yeah. I, I I paid a lot of money for it. So you know what? They got me. I I back the jumpsuit res- revolution, though. I think this is an excellent excellent uh, choice of clothing. Because who wants to think about their outfit? Yeah, that's what Steve Jobs said. I wish I had all jumpsuits. I wish my entire wardrobe was just jumpsuits. Why do you say that? I know two different people that have invested heavily in both overall and jumpsuits. <laughs> because it's so easy. You don't have to think about it. You just put it on. It's all one outfit. The only thing I don't like about it is that you have to get completely naked to pee. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you should figure out like some butt flap and some kind of plastic lining. <laughs> You don't spill or stain. Can you imagine? I just a zipper up the crotch. Yeah. I mean, I can make it. I can make that's, it sexy. A zipper actually, that goes all the way down through the crotch. Yeah, you put a secondary zipper in your back. Then yeah, you can just unzip from the top of your butt. That's actually a good idea. I might do it because you know what? I love a jumpsuit. The only thing I don't love is like when you're in a cold bathroom stall and you got to take all your clothes off to go pee. You should delete this section. <laughs> you should patent the jumpsuit zipper that goes to your butt and then you should immediately manufacture a series of jumpsuits that zip in two directions. And tell people why because it's, you know. We're joking, but you'd But we're serious. Yeah, you'd actually sell a bajillion of those. I'm on the next podcast episode. Hey guys, this podcast (laughs) is sponsored by- Check out my new zip front jumper. (laughs) This one's called Zippies. What's a good name for that? I don't know. What do you think? You're you're quicker than I am. The unzipper or the- (laughs) Uh, it's like a, it's like a, it, 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 it's sort of like an old union suit with a button <laughs> flap on the back. So you, you'd almost go for like, like an the elf, jumper, the jumper, the, no nakey, the, the zipper. You could almost, you could really almost call it something the as jumper, basic as that. The zipper. I love that. The zipper jumper. The zipper jumper. And who doesn't love an ass flap? <laughs> like just an accessible two buttons on the ass, unflap it. It feels like it's got multiple purposes. I feel like it could be really cute. I, again. We're talking about this as as if it isn't the next big thing it's that happening. you should actually manufacture and market. Okay, so you guys are going to see me and Seth on Shark Tank and I go, <laughs> hey, sharks. You don't even hey. need them. You could take this straight to a manufacturer and you could make right? your own line. I act like I don't have the money. I'm like, hey, sharks, <laughs> it's me and Seth Green, who's a multimillionaire. We're Listen, here to Mark ask Cuban. you guys for 50 bucks to get this made. I just want your name to endorse this investment and then I can take it to market. I feel like the bitches on QVC will love this, Lori. Hit us up. Take a look at this. I've never seen such ass accessibility. Zip from the behind. 
all the way to the front and then just spread your flaps and your cheeks over the bowl. A more sanitary experience will never be offered. Get it now for only $79.95. The zipper jumper. You're doing, you're doing the voiceover for it. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> Hello? Hi. Hi, it's Carol here. Um, Hi, Carol. Hi. Are you enjoying your zipper jumper? I, I'm going to tell you, Seth Green, you know what? I get real tired of whenever I got to take a dump and I'm wearing my jumper and I got to take all my clothes off. So I just want to thank you because you know what? It's been real chilly out here in Wyoming. And you know, when I go out to the barn and I got to feed the, the horses, sometimes I got to get completely naked. And yeah. this way I don't because you know what? I like to shit with them. It makes them feel more comfortable. Of course it does. <laughs> and who doesn't like to shit with their animals? Thank you, Kara. Yeah, thank you, you so much. Enjoy the zipper jumper. <laughs> I can't. I love you. We could go on forever. Off this is literally. We, we just we just go on a total tangent. This is this is what it is. Friendship. It just keeps going right? forever. We could just do that for another hour. Um, you guys, in a, a bit vortex. <laughs> no, the, the bit, just the whole rest of the episode's the bit. Just that. <laughs> Neither one of we us will stop. Yes, anding and. It's true. In a terrible place. it's true. It's true. Um, I'm so glad to have you here. Everyone knows who you are. I mean, you've been in so much shit. Although I will say my favorite film that you were ever in was Party Monster. Oh, thanks. That's my favorite one. And if you guys haven't seen Party Monster, it's unreal. It really is. It's the true story of uh, nightlife in New York in the early 90s, which was kind of a revolution of, or, or actually like a, a reintroduction of the kind of artistry and uh, isolated pageantry of like uh, studio 54 a place where you'd walk in and see like Andy Warhol and Mick Jagger and so the the 90s club scene was all of these pop stars that had become responsible for their own identity so uh, even characters like RuPaul the whole the whole ballroom scene um that shows like Claws or um uh Pose talk about it's it's um I guess Pose not Claws different different environment but but it's it's that whole scene Uh, so anyway Party Monster is about the most popular promoter of that time who uh spoiler alert in real life murdered and dismembered his drug dealer um and was not caught because the police were more interested in bringing down the the owner of several of the clubs on like racketeering and other charges so this it's it's really the story of the rise of that movement um and the fall of those clubs Dude, themselves. You were so insane. And, that, and then like, oh, what's the guy's name? Jesse St. J- Jesse James St. James. James St. James. Yeah. You just have to look him up, guys. I mean, and watch this movie because it is crazy. Like, like Seth just said, spoiler alert. But this guy, I mean, he is just, the story is so unreal. Yeah, James James is a, a brilliant writer and actually wrote a book called Disco Bloodbath that the yeah. movie Party Monster is based on. And it was made by documentary filmmakers that followed these kids so they they had hundreds of hours of footage. So Macaulay Culkin and I star in it. We played these two guys, but we had literally hundreds of hours of the real people, not just on talk shows or in club form, but in their They're own real home, life. like cooking meth and hanging out together, talking about fashion designs. It was, it was really incredible. So for both of us as actors, there is a wealth to study from. And it made it, it made it easier to impersonate a person and you played like a queen like you were fabulous thank you james is a really interesting guy because he's not necessarily femme like like a swishy um you know bottom he feels he's really like a grand dame he's like fab like just so yeah like yeah grand grand dame spectacular just such a his whole his whole presentation doesn't it feels very mature 
um, and like well earned. Right? Where is he now? James, he um, uh, still writing. Okay. And uh, produces stuff with uh, World of Wonder, That's which is amazing. the company that makes uh, Drag Race. Wow. Yeah. That's just so amazing. You can kill somebody and. Uh, well, James, James did. <laughs> oh, not him. No, the, the uh, other. Michael Alley. Michael Allen, That's what I meant. So yeah. Michael Alley just died. I, I thought that's who it was. Okay, okay, yeah. I got confused. Mac, got confused. Mac plays Michael. Yeah. Uh, Michael got released from jail and uh, OD. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just a couple of years later. That's what I thought. I heard someone died, and I was like, I thought it was it wasn't your character. It was the other guy. No, and it's yeah. a it's a. It, I, I don't know. I have such mixed feelings about it because he's um undeniably guilty of all of his crimes. Right. Um, and also did tremendous tremendously valuable artistic things Mm -hmm. um and then you just sort of hope okay well after he served his time that maybe there's a life for him and he just went like back to drugs you know it's very i think it's very hard for people to live sometimes yeah and and sometimes yeah it is hard just end it right there yeah it is hard to live sometimes to be honest um but it is i i honestly felt like watching the movie i felt bad for him you know, yeah, they, which yeah. is weird, you know. Yeah. You guys have to watch it. So that's my favorite movie you've been in. Other people know oh, you thanks. as Dr. Evil Son. Also, you're the co-creator of Robot Chicken. And guys, Robot Chicken, if you haven't watched it, <laughs> I mean, this has been on, you said 11 seasons. 11 seasons, it's been uh, 15 years. 15 years, and it's the coolest, st- like, stop claymation yeah. Just the coolest show, and I've gone to Seth's studio and seen how everything is made, and damn, that takes time. It really does, yeah. Holy shit. Like, just fucking, all right, we got the next. Just <laughs> well, the, All right, move his finger like this. Okay, yeah. take a. Stop motion by design is incredibly no. labor-intensive. Labor-intensive, and they have, and they build all the, and they have these talented artists who build all the, you know, the people from scratch, and da 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 da, da. So you've just been, you've been around forever. I have been around you've forever. You've been around forever. Yeah. You've just been, but you don't change. You don't look different. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. You don't. Um, but you want to tell me about your worst. So we were talking about that. <laughs> oh, my God, dead. An audition. Yeah. Yeah, I oh have a boy. lot of, I mean, I have a lot of the bad things that I've experienced. Um, <laughs> Clearly lived in L.A. long enough. But also a lot of those include other people that I probably don't want to drag at all. Right. Um, but but this was an interesting experience. I um, auditioned for the movie Three Kings which was directed by David O. Russell, who made uh, Silver Linings Playbook wow. and um, uh, a bunch of other movies that are, that are awesome. He, the first thing I saw him make was a movie called Spanking the Monkey uh, uh, with my old buddy Jeremy Davies. And then he, he made a movie called, um, uh, oh shit, what's it called? Flirting with Disaster. I feel like I've it's heard of that. It's a fucking brilliant movie. What's that it's, about? Uh, it's Ben Stiller and Patricia Arquette and um, a, uh, like so many actors. He... The story is that Ben Stiller finds out his dad is not his dad. And if I remember correctly, it was like Lily Tomlin and Alan Alda are his real parents. And uh, he goes on a road trip with his wife, Patricia Arquette, to try and find his real parents. And it is a fucking masterpiece. Okay, I'm I love uh, David O. Russell as a filmmaker. So I was very excited for this audition. Um, the movie ultimately had uh, uh, George Clooney and Ice Cube and um, Mark Wahlberg. And the character that I auditioned for is the character that Spike Jones played. Spike wow. Jones, a brilliant director. performer, brilliant yeah. director, yeah. Um, like a cool and funny guy who I knew from directing all the Beastie Boys stuff and just thought he was awesome. So um, 
when I heard that that was the guy that Russell wanted for the movie, I thought, oh, why are they even auditioning anybody? Yeah. But apparently I found out later. The studio did not want to approve Spike because he'd never been in a feature like that before. And up against guys like Clooney and Ice Cube even and Mark Wahlberg, they were like, Mm -hmm. oh, we actually need an actor. So the studio insisted on bringing in everybody. When I was there, I saw Juliette Lewis auditioning for the same role. A guy's part? For. Yeah, they just didn't. They were like, I don't know, maybe it's somebody else. <laughs> I don't know, but penises, vaginas, whatever. The character's very fluid, yeah. Doesn't matter, exactly. <laughs> so so I went in there, and I knew the guy was, like, Southern, and he was supposed to be in a battle and scared, and, um, like, we're almost out of ammunition or something like that. And uh, I walk into the room, and there's nobody in the room except Russell. Oh, my God, and I would have a heart attack. He's sitting there with his back to me, and he's got uh, a boombox playing and a video camera in his hand, like a little handheld. And I walk in and I say, hey, what's up? And no answer. Just his dancing. He's dancing to the groove, like with his back to me. So I walked up next to him. And I said, oh, we're dancing. That's cool. And I just tried to like find his groove. And he looked at me like he didn't think that was cool at all. And was like, all right, you know these sides? And I was like, I do. And he goes, all right, go. And he turns the camera on me. And so I just, I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Sarge, it really looks like we're about to run out of ammo. I'm scared. And he's like, no, 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 no. Scream it. Scream it. You're in the middle of battle. So there's like bullets everywhere and you're screaming. Ah, ah, ah. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And he goes, go, go again. And I was like, do you want to cut? And he's like, no, go. And I was like, okay. Ah, geez, Sarge, we're almost out of bullets. And he's like, no, no, scream it, scream it. Ah, ah. And like looking at me in the face and like, ah. But Gary. With, but with the camera like a millimeter from me. And so I was like, all right, this guy's a, a genius. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do what he's trying to do. So I was like, ah, oh, Sarge, we're almost out of bullets, Sarge. Oh, no. And he's like, no, no. Do it like even like dirt, like you're dirt, like dirt, dirt, dirt. <laughs> and I was like, dirt, dirt. And he's like, yeah, you're like, no, Sarge, you're dirt, dirt. And I was like, oh. Okay, and he's like, go. And I was like, oh, no, Sarge, you're like dirt to dirt. We almost got a bullet there. And that like, and I was like, I, I don't know, man. I'm dying. I did it. I did it like the whole thing. And he was like, would you just scream like at the top of your lungs for 30 straight seconds and then do the first line? And I was like, okay. And mind you, I was currently working on. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and had taken my lunch break to come audition for this. And I was more like, well, I still have at least six hours of filming to do. And it's probably a bad idea for me to blow out my voice for an audition. Yeah. But I hadn't gotten to saying that out loud yet. Yeah. And so he says, scream 30 seconds and then you start. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I just went, And he goes, no, 30 seconds. Scream, 34 seconds. And I was like, Jesus. Oh, my God. Okay. And so I tried to scream for 30 straight seconds and stopped in the middle and got my breath. And he was like, ah. And I was like, okay, I'll try it again. Ah, dirt to dirt, Sergeant. We almost died a bullet, dirt. And I, and I got through it. And he was like, again. And I go, hey, hey. I still got to go back to work and I, I really feel like I'm close to blowing out my voice. I've got to assure you, I'll give you anything you want. Yeah. 
like if you ca- cast me, but I'm already employed on something else that I can't keep doing this. be this irresponsible for. And he was like, God damn, damn, I can't even remember exactly what he <laughs> He's said like, in that moment. He's like, dark, 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 dark. Get the fuck out. Kind of. In that moment, I can't remember exactly what he said, but, oh he, was, but he was like, you don't want to do it? And I, and I was like, can we, can we just, can you turn the camera off for just a second? Because <laughs> he he's literally filming the whole thing. And this is pre-cell phones. This is pre that kind of camera work. Pre-reality really taking over the marketplace that aggressively. And I, and I was like, I, I got it. Like, it's making me really uncomfortable for, for you to not cut. And he goes, well, if you don't like being on camera, maybe this is the wrong job. And oh, was, my God. Like, okay. Okay. Someone else is going to get this part. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard. That's okay. So as I walked out, I saw, and he was like, yeah, yeah. And I walked out and I saw Juliet. And we, we worked together when she was like 14 and I was 13. So I was like, oh, shit, what are you reading for? And she's like, I'm reading for this part. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just hung out by the door when she went in. And they sounded like they were having more fun with the dirt to dirt. Yeah. Because uh, I just didn't get there. Yeah. Yeah. You're Obviously, like, I didn't get that part. I clearly didn't get that part. Yeah. But I always felt like that was kind of a dickish thing. Because I really so think. So weird. I think that Russell wanted Spike. And knew he was going to have Spike. And knew he wanted so Spike. So he was, f- I think he was fucking with you. Well, I think more he was proving a point that the studio hadn't accepted with, without some kind of evidence. And he was saying, Spike is who I want for this character. Spike is the actor that's going to perform this the way that I want. Uh-huh. And they said, you've got to audition all the other people in Hollywood who might have a name. And so he was like, oh, I'll oh, audition. <laughs> I'll audition everybody. And when I saw Spike in the movie, he was like, I'm not the nurse, I ain't never the And I was like, there's no way I was going <laughs> to be this. You wanted your friend in the movie just like... Don't, Isn't that annoying? It is. It is only because I I was very excited to audition for him. Yeah. I love him as a filmmaker, and I was really excited. Even if I wasn't right for the part, I wanted to like show him something. Yeah, and and I wanted that experience. And instead, I felt like I was not even personally sabotaged because yeah. I get the feeling that that's just how he, he was did. with anybody. Yeah. Um. But it bummed me out. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then and then even weirder. Like I talk. I did a movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Because I had read about Clooney making that movie and getting into a fist fight with Russell at one point. I think I Russell heard was, about that too. Yeah, it was it was big news that Russell had like bullied some of the extras or something. And, and then Clooney. He pu- Clooney punched him. I fucking heard about that. <laughs> I know. So I asked Mark, uh, like, how was that? And he was like, it was great. We had a great time. And I was like, how was how was Clooney? And he was like, oh, I don't think Clooney had fun. <laughs> and I was like, you have fun. Russell's cool with you. And he goes, yeah, me and Russell are great. They had just made, yeah. uh, I, or he was going to go shoot I Heart Huckabees or something. He's made, and then he made the, like, he's worked with him so many times. Yeah. And that's what I really think it is. I yeah. think that he is a filmmaker, wants what he wants, and doesn't want what he doesn't want. And that's totally fair. Because um, I had heard that Clooney was what the studio wanted for that movie. Yeah. And Russell did not want Clooney. And so he was terrible to him. But he really wanted Mark. So he was great to Mark. And so he loves Mark and puts Mark in extra movies and Mark has the greatest time. Isn't it so funny when people like you? Like, it's like <laughs> such a business. Like when people like you, they're like, I'll call you and put it in every, there's directors that do that yeah. all the time. They put their favorite actors in everything and they yeah. love them. I, I've always, my, my whole philosophy for staying employed is to work hard and be nice to people. Yeah. And it's really served me well. And don't you feel like a lot, I mean, at least for me, it's so funny, like, a lot of the jobs that I've gotten have been through friends. It's never been like 
I mean, probably not for you because you've gone on huge auditions. But for me, in terms of like booking like whatever little indie movies and things like that, it's always yeah. been like friends calling me being like, hey, like yeah. come be in this movie or hey, come do this or come do that. You know, it's it not- is so funny that we're like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when we're fucking puppies behind a fucking. I just said the I know. What a weird world we live in, right? I know. Hey, gonna- Seth. Remember when we used to be able to talk in real life? Remember when we hugged for real life like we're friends? Remember when I used to sit next to you when you, when you would have sandwiches? Remember when we shared the same air without these cloth impediments? I mean, it almost, it's almost becoming like a faded memory for me at this point. What is it to touch people? What is it? I don't even it? know anymore. I even get weird about having sex with my own husband. I feel like there should be like a, a screen between us. You know, I have a weird time having sex with your husband too <laughs> because of all the screens. <laughs> Oh my God, can you imagine at some point just wearing masks like to have even intercourse with your partner? I think I think that we're developing all kinds of kinks during this traumatic period <laughs> that we're not even going to unpack for another five years. You think about all the kids that are discovering their sexuality in this Dude. time. How bizarre it is. Like I grew up in uh, the AIDS epidemic. Oh my and God, so me having said, I, ha- I was coming from like a very, from a, the culture prior to me was incredibly casual and cavalier with sex. That That's what Tommy said. He's like, yeah. you used to be able to fuck anybody. Whoever. Anywhere. Anywhere. No big deal. You didn't even think about it. Yeah, because the worst you would get is some kind Chlamydia. of- Chlamydia. Something, something. You know, he got all kinds of shit, but all not AIDS. All <laughs> kinds of shit, but not AIDS. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. So I think, I, like, coming out of the 80s into the 90s, everyone was very cautious and comics yeah. were such a big thing. And, like, uh, it, it was beyond consent. It was like, hey, I just want to make sure everything is, you're so heady yeah. about it that, that, like, the generation that grew up sexually fluid but in the time of the <laughs> pandemic... Dude. So it's gonna it's gonna birth some really bizarre shit. I feel like it's even. it's so weird because I just feel like I mean there are people that are dating right now. I know several people that are dating. Right? Yeah, but they're not they're not coming over. No, they're not coming <laughs> not to, over. Not to my house. Not to my house either. But it's so weird because <laughs> I talk to my girlfriends and I'm like, aren't you scared? And they're like, no, we like show each other our 
And I'm like, it's like, it's almost like AIDS. Like, it's like, oh, dude, have you been tested? Have you been, you know, like, where's your, where's your, you know, card that shows you? (laughs) You ask the questions like, have you felt sick or runny nose in the last 14 days? Have you had exposure to anyone? You like run down the whole fucking checklist. Before you hang out, like they have to fill out like a form. Yeah. I would love to put my penis (laughs) in your mouth, but I would really appreciate you just checking these nine boxes and then sign at the bottom. I'm going to, I'm going to send you a DocuSign so I've got a digital copy. (laughs) I mean, it's it's so weird. Like, I'm so glad. Like, I'm married. You're married. Like, it's it's so nice to not be single in this time because it's not cool. I know. I feel for a lot of my friends, and and worse because it's already very difficult to meet people. people. Now it's, it's so extra hard. hard. Yeah, but I do know a lot of people that got married after dating online. Really? Yeah. Pre pre pandemic, they were dating a long time online. They met online. Okay. And got and got married as a result of it. I met my husband online. That's very funny. Raya. Do you die? <laughs> I, I, do you know what I, Raya is? I do. I had this terrifying moment where like uh, my wife and I would talk because you, you always get that place of like, oh, well, what what if we are? Because we've been together 10 years now. Long time. And so several times you have that question of like, is this is this still working? Yeah. What do we have to do to, to make it work? Right. My husband's probably feeling like that right now. And it's been like <laughs> two minutes. He's like, I don't know. Is it still dead? I don't know. Just going to check. <laughs> It's not the best Tommy in right. person. Good. He's got like it. two feet on me in every direction. Stop. I can't. Wait, so you were kind of like. Oh, yeah, yeah. On? But I even thought about, God, what? I don't want to date anybody. No, it's gross. And we actually like each other. My wife yeah. and I, we actually really get along yeah. and, and enjoy spending time together. I don't want to fucking date anybody. Dating people sucks. Yeah. And because it's like, and that's a thing is I feel like, you know, people in long-term relationships, I've had so many friends like this who are like, you know, they get a little curious, like maybe I should have given somebody else a chance or this or that. But then you're like, you know, but that feeling gets old with everyone. That infatuation, that goes away with everybody. You know, that initial like, you know, and then if you're best friends and you like each other, then it lasts. You and keep it's renewing like, it. Yeah, you keep yeah. renewing it. But like that like initial like butterfly feeling that people are like, I'm going to get divorced over these butterflies, you know? Like, <laughs> fuck it. These butterflies are telling me to fly away, you know? I spent uh, so much time working on movies and playing parts yeah. that I, I saw the cycle of that um, curiosity and infatuation uh, dissolve yep. at the end of like actually knowing somebody. So I've never acted on any of that kind yeah. of feelings. And often if you're acting in something with somebody, your goal is to create chemistry. Your actual right. responsibility is to make the audience believe that you're falling for each other. And that mm-hmm. can be really confusing mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Um, that was actually something that, that Claire and I bonded over. Really? Was, yeah. Our external perception of the meaning of love scenes. Yeah. Right. Cause neither, we've both done a bunch of like love scenes uh-huh. that are, that should be very intimate yeah. and they're just not. And you're just kind of like, they're just not. But you, both of us had been with a partner, like a dance partner in that love scene who was like, oh, this is something. You know what I'm saying? Bad. So as a result, we bonded over the fact that neither one of us caught feelings yeah. in the midst of performing feelings. I mean, that happens to people. Like, yeah. just happened with um, that movie Palmer with Justin Timberlake. He played uh, this character and named Palmer, and he it's like a long story. Anyway, there's this girl in the movie that he's, is his love interest, and it like came out all these pictures of him holding her hand like at a dinner and like huh. kissing her and all this stuff. And he's married to Jessica Biel. Hmm. You know, it's just so interesting. Like, I mean, I think it happens, you know, and like it's 
sad, you know, but I don't, I think sometimes it just gets confusing, you know, yeah. but I don't think it's serious. I mean, I don't know, but. Well, that's, that's where I come from. So I haven't acted yeah. on, on those kind of feelings, yeah. but it is, it is incredibly confusing, especially if somebody hasn't been through that yeah. kind of thing before. As an actor, I'm sure, like, and then girls are so like, oh, he likes me. Oh, like, it's just so. Boys too. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, you know, I mean, fuck, it's, it's, it's really difficult, but you know, thank God I don't leave my house. So it's really nice. <laughs> Not anymore. It's like anybody. I don't leave my house anymore. I'm never so. going anywhere. I never go anywhere. So there's nothing for anyone to ever worry about with me. <laughs> I'm like locked up in a castle. Um, dude, I'm fucking just like I'm just. I want to tell everyone our story of like how we met. Yeah. Because people are probably like, how do you guys know each other? So Seth and I, I started doing Vine. Everyone knows this, like 2014, 13, yeah. and became friends with Eric Blackman, who is yeah. our friend. But I had already seen You'd your seen Vine. You'd seen my Vine. I was so curious about that platform in yeah. the first place and how anybody's making not just content, but daily content. You were the only woman yeah. on the platform that was making viable daily content. So that made me pay attention to you. And I initially called you in. I was curious what your aspirations were for writing. Yes. We're always looking for new writers for Robot or for any other projects. So that was our first meeting. And then you, it was Saul, your Yes, Saul, Go Saul, Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman, right? Yeah. Yeah, at, at, um, he, he was at, um, God, what was that agency? I don't even remember the name of it. They yeah, dismantled. But he, even stopped, he, he even stopped working there and, and right. started a different company. He did, he did. But, but he approached me because you were having all these opportunities. To do a show. Um, MTV was really pushing hard. They yeah. wanted you to make a sketch show. Mm -hmm. I absolutely saw the viability of that and thought you could absolutely star in like a, a troop show. Mm -hmm. And that was my goal, was to put a troop around you and then make a pilot like that. Yes. So we... We uh, got a deal to produce our presentation, which was a seven-minute pilot presentation for TBS. Yes. I had a great time. And I, I'm sure you remember Heidi Gardner. Dude, I was just going to say this. Yeah. So Seth was like, I have, Seth brought in all these actors to kind of surround me in, and I wish I could share it. I don't even know if I could share it, but all these actors to surround me in this sketch comedy I'll show. I we could put that out probably now. like even if it's just on youtube because yeah. nobody's got any there's not even leans against it unless somebody wanted to reproduce it right so just putting it out wouldn't yeah. be a problem um so Seth's like i'm gonna bring all these people and one of the people was heidi gardner who's now on snl like, but that was the goal dude, was to like so get a good group yeah. around you. Ben, Sydney, Ben, like, Simon, it was a good, it was yeah, Sydney, and then oh um, Dan, Dan, I freaking love Dan. I do too, dude. He's funny. He's awesome. So it was just really fun. I had so much fun doing that. That was such a fun thing. And then and then as usually happens, a new head mm. of regime came in at TBS and killed everything that had been developing before that. I always felt bad because I, I thought I thought we, we had a good so shot at it. It, it was too. just about. Yeah, but more I wanted you to get that specific type of shot. Like yeah. I thought that that was a very good format for you. Some of it's it's just timing. I know. It's so hard how much of it is just fucking timing. It's so it's so funny. And people would always say to me, like, why aren't you on a show? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? I'm like, well, I don't fucking know, okay? Like, why don't you ask God? Because apparently there's other plans for me. Like, it was so frustrating. <laughs> it's I felt like it's, everything, you know? But you've always been such a self-maker. Always. Yeah. I feel like always. when I walk into auditions, they're like, you're not directing this, by the way. Like, they're very, you know. That's a very difficult thing you know we had a uh, rachel bloom oh my god a, i was gonna share this a too. writer on robot and yeah. it's the same kind of thing where you meet somebody who is uniquely talented and yes they can participate in whatever your thing is but it's better to build something around 
them yeah. as a centerpiece. That was always the way I felt. Did you help her with My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? We didn't have anything to do with it. We did uh, some of their opening titles. They had wow. an animated opening title. We did that for them. So that I remember. But that was all her. She developed it uh, originally for Showtime. Um, and it was a, a slightly different pitch, and then they sold it to CW. I totally remember when I came in, and I was, like, going to write for you. And I remember she was, like, one of the girls. Yeah. And she was one of your female writers. And then later, I'm like, oh, my God, she's got her own show now, you know? And she yeah. wrote for you for years, right, on Robot? I, that's It's one of my proudest things is that we've gotten a lot of people very young that we yeah. believed in. And I, I like to think that we helped. Uh, train and nurture them so that yeah. they could go make their own thing. We have so many people who've come to write for us that have gone on to show run and EP their own shows. I remember when I came in and you were like showing me around and Seth was like, oh yeah, by the way, this is like a job job. Like this isn't like a, you know, you show up at like, cause I was on my own schedule at that point, totally. like with Vine where I would like wake up at 3 PM, yeah. like do some vines, like drink a bottle of wine and like pass out. Like yeah, you were you're like, not obligated to anybody except your own delivery schedule. Seth was like, no, this is, so I remember asking you, I was like, so like what time do they come in? Cause I thought it was like a come, like come as your own thing. Like as you get ideas. Is bring them to us, right? You just set up a TikTok influencer mansion. Everybody can do your own thing. No cameras everywhere. You just grab it, plug it into the internet, upload whatever. So you do a TikTok. We take your videos and we turn them into the episodes of Robot Chicken. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking like you're just going to have me make fines for you and then of animate course. them. How, how, how do you know until you know? So I show up and you're like, no, this is like, I was like, what are the hours? And I remember you're like, oh, people get here at like eight and yeah. stay till like six or yeah. later. And Those I was like, the days. <laughs> I'm sorry, 8 a.m.? Yeah, to 6 p.m. Till 6 p.m. or later. And I was like, I remember I left and I called my agent and I was like, bro, I got way too much anxiety for this. Like, I need sleep. Like, I I don't know if I can handle like a, you know, I don't know if I can handle this job, you know? And they were like, oh, it's a really good opportunity. I was like, I know, but I don't think I could do it, you know? It is an intense thing. And and it's such a specific task too. Like we, we find writers all the time that I, that any of us love. And then that room is really challenging for them. Yeah. Just because of the type of content. It's all this short form sketch content. Yeah. And we're we're limited in some ways, but we have totally free reign in other ways. So it's just very hard. I know. It, short form content's hard. I mean, I go back and I look at my vines and I'm like, fuck, I don't even know how I did this. How did you do that? Like, <laughs> but when you do it so much and you work that muscle so much, it becomes sort of secondary. 100%. It really does. It really yeah. does. With anything. Like, if you really work at anything enough, it becomes sort of secondary to you. So. And well, and, and, and just the opposite, too. If you don't spend time working on something, then you, it, it. you start to lose your habit. Totally. Yeah. If I tried to make a vine now, I'd be like, Dirt! like I'd get the that's out in six seconds. But. But also think about how much the culture of telling jokes has changed Dude, in the last so six years. It's so different. But that, again, I I see that happen all the time. I love comedy. Yeah. I grew up on on much older comedy and watching the way certain certain things just change. evolve, certain trends, certain joke dispensing, and it comes with the sophistication or the familiarity of the audience, what they know, yeah, what they can, what they can tune into in that moment it's so nuts man like yeah. i i honestly watch some vines now and i'm like well that's not very funny but but like with tiktok i'm like do you, do you go on tiktok i've seen tiktoks I tiktoks don't... are funny you it should download be. it because yeah. i'm telling you right now like i actually get so i've laughed so hard at it that's awesome. and it's like a new have you thought thing. about are you interested in that format i'm doing it oh you are i have 1.4 million followers on <laughs> of course you do 
Of course you do. Look, Seth, I got a lot of time on my hands. Okay. Yeah, but you're also a, a, a incredibly viable product that just needs I can't a, a start market making outlet. Videos. You shouldn't. Why would you? It just turns into porn. I'm like, I can't. All of a sudden, there's dicks involved. I'm it like, always oh, fuck. does. It took a dark turn. God, I've been in LA too long. No, just call it. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, not rated. Like it's funny porn, guys. It's just it's not it's not rated yeah, cinema. It's not rated. It's coming to my OnlyFans. Stay tuned. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Seth Green. I'm gonna tell you guys all about how he got started. Uh, stay tuned. Okay, we're back, guys, with Seth Green after his long- And we're back with <laughs> Seth Green. I've never seen somebody pee for so long. It's like torrential rains in there. I'm like, you okay, buddy? Get that prostate checked? What's going on? Oh, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> I want to talk about, like, when you came to LA. Didn't you live at Oakwood Apartments? I did. Everyone did. Yeah. Do you know Tommy lived there? Really? Yes. What if you guys sense. lived there at the same time? Oh, uh, God. Uh, I was there- Three different summers in a row. I, it's probably like 87, 88, I feel like that's when he lived there. That's very funny. There was a ton of people staying there. All of the kids. There was a show. God. Uh, Leo DiCaprio was there. Toby McGuire. Uh, Heather and Jen McComb. Is Jay Ferguson there? I can't remember. It was all these kids. So many um, famous people have lived there. By the way, guys, this is a for people that don't live in LA. The Oakwood is like a furnished apartment building yeah, place. It was in like Burbank. A, a super inexpensive, yeah. furnished apartment living yeah. behind guard gates. Exactly. And uh, it was right next to Warner Brothers. It's still the. It, it's a different name now, but it was the place. It was like yeah. where you went, but it was also like summer camp for actors because you'd go to auditions during the day. And then you'd come back in this quasi resort space that had, you know, a pool and pool tables and a screening room. I saw Spinal Tap for the first time at the Oakwood. Wow. Yeah, because it was all these kids and we were just sort of hanging out there. And running around, you're like running around with like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tony Mag Toby Maguire and I, like just hanging out. I playing. almost got into so many fights with Leo when we were younger. Why? He's an incredibly obnoxious person. He was me. I was you. very obnoxious too. So those levels of obnoxiousness <laughs> together did not vibe well. <laughs> you guys running by each other. You're annoying. You're annoying. We I mean we became Dead. we became friendlier right. later in time, but at that point he was incredibly annoying. It's so funny. I was, I hear so many stories about him. Um, I have one story about him. Uh, I was waitressing at the all-star game. It was like basketball, whatever, all-star, whatever. Like early 2000s? Yeah, I was like hired by a modeling company to like waitress this like celebrity all-star party. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I got his table and none of the other girls wanted it. And I was like, it's so weird. I wonder why no one else wants to wait on him. Like I was so excited, right? And he was there with his girlfriend at the time. I don't remember who it was, some blonde model. And he had his hat and he had his head down. And I'd be like, yeah, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Brittany. What can I get you? Can you sit here with some drinks? Blah, 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 right? He doesn't even look at me. He's like, oh, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, whatever, right? So I'm just taking care of them all night, whatever. Then the night comes to an end and all the girls are like checking out their tables, whatever. And you don't, like, they don't pay for anything. They're just, they usually leave a tip, like a really big tip, right? So all the girls, like one of the girls' tables leave. She's like, oh my God, so-and-so left me $1,500. I'm like, oh my God. Then another girl at the table leaves and she's like, oh my God, I got $2,000 in tip. Oh my God. And like, I'm just waiting for his table to get up. You know, I'm like, oh my God, like, wonder what's going to happen. He left me nothing. Oh. Not even a fucking dollar. I wonder if somebody else was supposed to be responsible 
for leaving the tent. I will never forget it, Leonardo DiCaprio. I was so hurt. And I did such a good job, you know? I wasn't annoying. I didn't try to be his friend or, like, make jokes or, like, stay around too long. Like, I have I just... zero explanation for that. I can only tell you that he has uh, grown into an incredibly responsible and um, impressive adult. Okay, because yeah. I was so sad. I was like, <laughs> ah! And that's why the girls were like, see, I don't ever... One girl came to me, she's like, that's why you got his table, because you're new, and he never leaves tips. And mm. I was like... Thanks. So I like pretty much just got paid whatever the modeling agency paid me, you know, just like $4, you know, oh, <laughs> like I'm like fucking, I was so gnarly, but I will never forget that. Isn't it funny? Different experiences with everything. It's I like, mean, you know, I've never had to work in service. Yeah. And so I can only from my own perspective, but I worked with Wallace Shawn when I was eight years old and he's that he's a, He's the guy from the Princess Bride who says "inconceivable." He's the <laughs> the teacher in Clueless. Oh, I love that yeah. guy. Yeah, he's been in millions of movies, but I he's. Love him. Uh, I got to make a movie with him when I was eight, and he was already quite successful at that point. And yeah. he told me that because he's never had to wait tables, whenever he leaves a tip, he tips a hundred and ten percent. I love him. And so I started whenever I was able leaving huge tips because yes. i just don't i've never had to work in service it's an incredibly difficult and it's challenging the worst. job and so i always try and like i've worked in it and i leave huge tips because i know yeah. how much it sucks and how many people don't leave good tips but i know? will say and i'm not trying to justify that yeah. that action i'm only trying to posit that in a lot of those situations where you go out with a large group of people yeah typically the person with the most money is not responsible for actually um Paying. making the transaction Right. So if if I went out with a group of people, someone else would handle the credit cards and stuff like that. Dad, so that, every time I go out with Tommy, everyone makes him pay. <laughs> no, no, I just mean all but, his friends are like <laughs> But there would be but there would be somebody else maybe right. who makes sure that, that everything gets paid care for of, yeah, so that yeah, you're yeah. not having to like be at the hostess Helm booth of it. at the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you to, did a good job. I can't see that. Can you tell me is that a nine or a six? What's uh six percent of thirteen hundred? Oh my God. So that's like my memory, but you, so you, but the fact that you, I just want to talk about, you came to LA. Where did you originally grow up again? New York, right? Philadelphia. Or Philadelphia. Yeah, we I, were both from Philadelphia. That's what I thought. But I auditioned out of New York. Yes. Um, that was where I got all my, all my work. Yeah. I didn't really get any work in Philly. And then you came to LA. Yeah. I started coming to LA. I got to do an episode of Amazing Stories when I was like nine, nine years old, maybe nine or 10. Yeah. And that was the first time I got to come to LA. Wow. Um, and then I just kept coming back for auditions. And it, by the time I was 14, it was really apparent. I'd already been out there for two pilot seasons out here. And it, it became really obvious that if I wanted to take a real swing at this, I had to live in Los Angeles. Are your parents proud of you? I think so. They don't be like, dude, we're so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they both said something similar. My, my relationship with my parents is not um, uh, complicated, but I also have not ever gotten the things that people talk about getting from their parents when they talk about having you know what i'm saying yeah. my parents were incredibly supportive they were um uh they they helped they helped facilitate all of my dreams coming true did they want you to be an actor you wanted to be yeah. an actor so you told them yeah guys i need you to take me to auditions yeah what the do fuck it. are you doing take me this is what I do. Get That's me. probably why they don't say they're proud of you. D guys, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Mommy, take me to this fucking audition. Kind of. Can't, uh, I can't. Yeah. I mean, so, I, they've definitely like, I don't, I don't feel any lack of um, uh, 
love or attention or support from them. Right. Yeah. But so they, so you were like that little and said, I want to be an actor. And they were like, okay, we'll get you going. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. That's great. (laughs) It is. Yeah. It's very rare. I went to my dad and I was like, I want to be a model. And he took me to the mall and got me glamour shots. And he's like, well, that's it. That's how it works. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I talked to a lot of kids that started at the same age or um, even just friends of mine when I was 17 years old and so and had already been working in my chosen career for eight years. uh, Other friends of mine were in their second year of college, still trying to figure out what to major in. And I I I really take note of how fortunate I am to have had such certainty at a young age because it allowed me to get a jump on things. Dude, did you go to regular school? Or did you did. just do it on the side? A little bit of both. <laughs> I mean, I graduated from my school in Philadelphia yeah. that I attended K through 12, but I mm-hmm. had a whole uh, semesters that I was educated outside. Because you were shooting. Shooting. So I had an on-site tutor and I, I finished the same curriculum and then turned it in. And then, you know, it was just my vice principal being cool enough to let me walk with my class. Wow. Yeah. Did you, would you come back to school and kids treat you differently because you were on TV? Yeah, but I had also been doing it for the entirety of our scholastic career. So, so anybody like, that's you, Seth the thespian. <laughs> well, it's different. Like when, when I was in third or fourth grade and was leaving to do commercials or leaving for a couple months to make a movie, it led to a lot of um, just feeling left out Aww. in general. Right. Cause I couldn't participate in any extracurricular after school activities. I couldn't sign up for any clubs or groups cause my schedule was so erratic. And also, if I tried to engage everybody and be friends with everybody, people accused me of thinking I was such hot shit because I was on TV. And if I kept to myself and tried not to try with anybody, everybody said I was so stuck up because I'm on TV. And so I felt a little bit like there was a no win. Yeah. 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 But I, you know, even... Even talking about it after the fact, the level of bullying or uh, whatever that I felt that I felt in school is is nothing compared to what kids have to deal with now, today just with the invent and acceptance of social media. Like my buddy's got a 17 year old daughter and what she's dealt with growing up is categorically different. Dude, we are so lucky. I know. I look at like just Justin Bieber and I feel for that kid because he. He's just had the focus on him. You know, we sort of, it, it looks like we're learning a little bit. People are retrospectively saying that everybody mistreated Brittany. Um, Poor Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. There was a period of time where pa- paparazzi and the, that entire apparatus was hunting those young girls. I was friends with uh, Lindsay Lohan at that time and Scarlett Johansson and just the way the magazines were intentionally trying to pit girls against each other. <laughs> I see it now. Yeah. It's like they try to make like villains and they try to make like their own storylines. Yeah. And it's just so sad. I mean, I watched that Britney Spears documentary and it was just like the poor girl couldn't get catch a break. You know, she was going through so much and mm-hmm. like they were just constantly in her face. And it's like, God, get the fuck away from me. You well, know? They're just selling magazines, yeah. you know, and the, the car crash that everybody learned with Anna Nicole Smith that a car crash will sell. And, and bigger than any kind of uh, well-intentioned content. And so all of these magazines in the early 2000s came to the U.S. and started projecting the, the U.K. style of paparazzi 
on this culture. Tried to make the Olsen twins in a fight against Lindsay and Paris Hilton and like all these wars, team fire crotch and whatever the and there fuck. There's nothing going on. Nothing's happening. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. So uh, that that that's where I think the success of the the Kardashians came was they were willing to supply all of these tabloids with a constant cycle of drama narrative. Yeah. Right. If you really look at the Kardashians, Dude, it's every, every day, but every magazine cover, they've covered all the bases from, you know, um, uh, married the ring, uh, an affair, uh, divorce, uh, having the kid, uh, your, your surrogacy. Ex- just all the fucking thing right even to um uh uh, uh, caitlin jenner having a sex change it's like they covered every potential family kardashians are like you need topics we got topics they were like oh jennifer aniston and brad pitt aren't sitting for you we'll uh (laughs) heidi montag and spencer pratt will be happy to meet you on uh venice beach it's kind of crazy it is crazy it is kind of crazy only crazier that the audience stops recognizing that they're witnessing a magic trick and believe that any of this is actually reality i know i mean i've like loosely maybe some of it but it's like it's just so sad i feel like every time i'm looking at any of that stuff which isn't often but when i do it's always bad it always isn't it's not good it's not like happy news have you watched uh ted lasso no What's Ted Lasso? It's uh, Jason Sudeikis. It's a show on Apple, uh-huh. and I don't think I can more highly recommend it. Really? It's the absolute antidote to everything we're talking about. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to yeah. watch that. You'll love it. Yes, and what was that other movie you told me to watch that you said in the beginning that had that was the movie the guy directed that you said was so good? Where he Ben Stiller goes to find his flirting with disaster. Okay, so I I'll, need text, to watch I'll text Ted Lasso and flirting with disaster. Yeah. I mean, I got the time. Let's be honest. In quarantine, I've already watched everything that I could well, possibly watch. Flirting with disaster is an incredibly funny movie, and there's so much good shit in it. You'll really enjoy yourself. I'm gonna then, definitely watch it. And now Ted Lasso, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, you'll love it. I'm so excited. I've I love having you here. You're like, it's like I, you know, what's funny is I haven't seen you in what, probably like a year and a half. Yeah. But it feels like just yesterday. Well, I actually think that we're friends in real life and uh, we'll potentially go months or longer without seeing each other. We're still going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like change dramatically. Never, never. I got bangs. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I got bangs. I don't know. It's like, I don't even know you anymore. What is it? There's something different about you. Oh, you got bangs. That's funny. Maybe it's next over. time, maybe next time I see Tommy, he'll remember that we've met like <laughs> 30 times. Can I tell you something funny about we, Tommy? We did so much because I've, I've been in this since, you know, the early 80s. And yeah. as a result, we were in several places at the same Together. time. Yeah, but not in a meaningful way. Never, never like the two of us having a conversation. It's always like in a crowd, on a press line, at MTV, like, oh my God, look at Busta Rhymes. It's never... It was never like, oh, hey, Tommy, good to hang out with you and remember my name. Yeah, but you know what's funny about Tommy? He's been engaged to people and he can't remember their name. That's like the sad part. I was talking to him the other day because we, we were just, you know, like I said, getting a house and I was, we were driving around the area and he goes, oh, I used to, like, I almost proposed to a girl who lived in this area. And I said, what was her name? He goes, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm like, how? I do love him. Do though. you rem- not remember? Because he's, he's lived a life most people couldn't even like watch i mean he's lived he's lived he's he's truly lived it he has but it's scary because i'm like god i know i could name pretty much every person that i've had a long-term relationship with i definitely could he hasn't he hasn't uh lost any of his skill he's still a 
brilliantly talented yeah musician. i mean other than just not remembering i guess people of his past can and read, he can read sheet music yeah that's it that's all he needs to do but it's actually kind of funny because i'm like oh gosh like you know and then like i'll be like you know uh what you know when was your somebody he was married to when was their birthday i don't know I'm the like, same, so I'm the same crazy way. to it's, me. There's there's a point where your brain is like so overtaxed. overloaded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've yeah. never had that. I've never been busy enough to have that. I'm like, oh, I can focus on everything. I can <laughs> tell you they're, they're moon rising, they're sun rising. Like, uh, I've never had enough of going on in my life. But you guys are busy. So that's why. That's fair. It becomes pushed to the back. Anyway, I love you. And I'm so glad you you're here. And, and uh, guys, you, uh, the next season of Robot Chicken is out when? Uh, probably before summer. Before and we'll, summer. And we'll have a half hour special and there's a Christmas. Well, I think there's a Halloween special this year, not a Christmas special. Yeah. And am I so yeah. stupid? Is Family Guy still going? Family Guy is still going. What season is that on? Uh, it's into the, it's into the late teens or early twenties. Oh my God. I know. I know. I can't, I can't and even. And so Seth, you guys know, is obviously on Family Guy. So that's. All right. I play Will's son. His name is Chris. And most of the time he spends deep in the basement playing with toys and sometimes masturbating I or can't. pooping. I can't. Did you have to audition for that? I did audition for that. Every good job I've gotten, I auditioned for. Wow. Yeah. Were, you, were you up against a lot of people? I think I just had um, a different idea. Which did is you a, go in with that voice? I went in with a... <laughs> This is as stupid hey, as it gets. Hey, it McFarlane. It was, it was worse than that. So the drawing is like a surfer dude. And yeah. so everyone was like, oh, bro, I'm like catching the machine. Well, look at these waves, bro. Like that was the kid. Yeah. And uh, I had spent the whole week with um, a friend of mine, uh, Charlie Corsmo, who was in Can't Hardly Wait With Me, was in town. Which one was he? I love that fucking movie. He's the uh, nerdy kid who um, uh, winds up. With the up. black hair? Yeah. Oh, I fucking love it. Who steals the gumball true. machine? Yeah. I fo- oh, no, oh no, no, that was you Different, who stole the gum. No, no, Wait. that's... Uh, uh, Sorry, I'm God, messing up. That's party... That's a different... Uh, that's it's, a di- different. it's the same movie, but a different character. Oh, the, okay. The, the, the klepto kid who steals the cop car. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, different character. But Charlie uh, came to stay at my house for the week that we were doing our press junket. Save him on a, a hotel. Okay. We hung out that whole week. And I don't know how it came up, but we were talking about Silence of the Lambs and talking about Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. And how funny that scene was where he's like, oh, wait a minute. Was she a great big fat person? Remember that that character? I kind of. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Well, this character, he's kidnapping and murdering women. Um, and the first time you see him uh, like kidnapping somebody, he's got a van and he's got a fake cast on his arm. And he's like trying to load some stuff in the van. And this girl comes over. He's like, you okay? And he's like, oh, I need some help. And she's she's like, what is it? And he's like, I'm trying to love this in a van. She's like, I I help. And as he's like, as she's going into the van, he's like, what are you about a size seven? And then he slams the door on her. And I don't know. Charlie and I just spent a whole week pitching that guy in other jobs <laughs> and imagined him like at the drive-through at Jack in the Box, like, just uh, people make sure you use some French fries for that. Uh, do you want a piece of a cheesecake pie? <laughs> I just love how you are with people. We just laugh. Like, I just love that. That just made us laugh <laughs> the whole week. And then I went in on this audition. I was like, can I try something? I know this is stupid, but where have I got with this guy? And he was like, oh, dad. <laughs> how was your week down at the Brewery, dad? 
they were like, can you make that a little younger? And I was like, that was your week at the brewery, Dad. <laughs> I got that fucking job. And that's how you did it. Yep. All thanks to Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Wow. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And you've been on there forever. Yeah, it's the best best job I've ever had. You're busy. That's so good. I stay busy. You do stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so fucking, I'm so happy for you. And What's it like you? to be so successful? <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Look at where we're living. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dead. It's on my <laughs> husband's. Anyway, um, guys, make sure to follow Seth on Instagram and you're on Twitter. You're on everything. It's true. Yeah. I'm still on my. Just at Seth Green. Yeah. Just follow him at Seth Green. You guys know how to spell Seth and Green, I hope. If you're not, if you don't know how to spell it, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But um, he's, I'm the other one. He's one of the funniest, coolest, most down to earth people that I've known and met out here. And so definitely make sure you check it out. Make sure you check out the new season robot and follow everything he's got going on. Check out where he lives, follow him out of his house. <laughs> Someone actually does it. Just Please kidding. don't. <laughs> don't do that part. <laughs> That's not, no, we're not serious. Not serious. Um, stay stay tuned for uh, Zippies, which Seth and I will be coming out with. That's and, what we're all about. Uh, we're the zipper be, jumper. <laughs> we're gonna be releasing the zipper jumper. I'm, I'm so serious. about I know. That. I feel like we can make it. That's but actually, like actually really cute. Yeah. Where like well, you, the zipper goes like, like it just starts here and goes yeah. down all around under the crotch, and there's a double. There's another zipper, so you can you don't have to go this way if you don't want to. You can go from <laughs> just the butt if yeah, you want. I've seen like uh, I have a couple of sweaters that have a zipper pull at the top. Yeah, the and the bottom. So you can just, you have multi options. Section open. People have options. options. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna work on that. Anyway, um, make sure to stay tuned for another episode next week, and thank you all for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>